welcome back to another episode of Excuse My Grandma. It's Kim and my co-host. Grandma Gail. So I'm so excited this week. We finally have on our first gay couple. It's probably overdue, but we are obsessed with them. They were so terrific. They are so inspirational to talk to both of them and and their life and how they were uh, able to finally um, come to grips with their uh, own sexuality. Mm -hmm. And um, it really is a wonderful episode. I'm hoping everybody really gets something out of it. Also, not only is it our first gay couple, it's our first couple on our podcast. We've never interviewed a couple before. Well, then they are first and they were and they are clearly one of the best and a highlight. I will say like their dynamic and their energy together was so great and so positive and they're very committed to sharing their story to kind of help ha- other help other people will be a role model yeah. because they were saying like you know they didn't have people to ask about relationships in the same way I can ask you or talk to some other people in my life and they said they didn't really have that so they want to be that correct because their families couples. were very very much against uh, their relationship so it was uh, it was inspiring to he- see how they dealt with it mm-hmm. so we hope you enjoy all right guys we are joined by Matthew and Paul the co-hosts of the his and his podcast Guys, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. It's great to be here. So you've had more than 100 episodes. That's impressive. Because <laughs> we have 50. We're, we're exhausted. We can't believe we have <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's a lot to say in 100 episodes. It really is. It's amazing. I was just, we just celebrated 100 episodes. And I said on that episode, we would not have been able to do it were it not for this man to my left, my husband, Matthew. He is the organized more organ I call him Mr. Spreadsheet and uh and he's very organized we have not missed a Monday since we started so we put out a new episode every Monday morning okay and it's thanks to his tenacity and diligence and your pre-production work so <laughs> Paul, Paul does a lot of the pre-production work which I'm sure you guys know is a lot of work well that's Kimmy's job well that's the thing <laughs> okay. with, I mean see somebody there's always one in a, in, a, in a duo that does the work and the other one's the sort of like the talent <laughs> okay okay so I love like where you're going with this because like Matthew's definitely like the engine that makes this right. whole thing happen but like he has no clue what the next topic is going right to be. well I, believe I that don't entirely have up to me right well that's that's what makes it spontaneous and good and fresh yeah. we found yeah. the same formula so mm-hmm. it, it's working for you and hopefully we'll get to 100 episodes oh I'm sure exactly. you will and <laughs> I'll continue to like not prep you sometimes because I feel like that does better yeah because some sometimes when you prep me I then I think too much yeah. about it it's, oh. it's it's, it's Gale, I was having the same conversation a moment ago. Matthew's like, should we go over these questions again? Because you submitted some topics for right. us. And I said, no, I don't want to hear them because I think that if I overthink it, exactly. it's going to come off wooden and Good. it's not going to be spontaneous or real. Yeah. Also, you guys know the answers. It's about your life, you know? So let's start, <laughs> yeah, I'll start with an easy one. I'll start with an easy one. Um, age, where you're from and how long you've been together. Uh, I, so I just turned 38. Oh, yeah, and I'm 31, and we have been together. We will be celebrating six years oh. in June. Yeah, and did you say where we're from? So we are in Seattle, and we've we've lived in Washington State mm-hmm. um, for uh, the entirety of our relationship. But we moved downtown just a year ago, so we love being okay. in the city now. And then, how long have you been married? You just said six years. No, say, oh, six years. Since you've met or married? Since we met, and then okay. we just celebrated two years oh. of marriage. 
Yeah. So nice. I want to hear the wedding story because I, I get giddy about that stuff. <laughs> Kimberly's when he's walking down, down our hall with, with flowers. And I'm single. And I'm single. <laughs> so we'd been together for a while and had kind of talked about getting married at some point. And Paul said, well, do you want to propose? Should we do the proposal or should we just plan the wedding? Mm-hmm. I Not- wanted to skip to the good part. You know, <laughs> I was like, let's just start planning our wedding. We know we want to get married, right? right. And I said, no, I want to go through the proposal. That would be fun. Um, I said, I-, I want to surprise you. And he said, fine, you have six months to surprise me. After that, we're just planning the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> which, which he calls an ultimatum. Yeah. Was- as if I was making a threat. <laughs> right. <laughs> really, I just didn't want it to be too long and drawn out. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. that's true. Even, you know, I, I remember, uh, listen, I was engaged three months and I got married. It's enough. I mean, all you're going to do is fight because they're going to be things that you're just either family or uh, I don't know where you're putting the sofa. There's always going to be an issue and you just may as well jump in and just do it. I mean, all the preparations make you so nervous and, and really get your cuckoo after a yeah. while. Kind of like bridezilla, bridezilla, isn't that the term now? Yeah, or, groom, or, groom or groomzilla, whatever. Yeah. We were asked that which one of us was the groomzilla. Hmm. We were pretty chill though. Like yeah. we was actually really great. So what ended up happening was we we very uncharacteristically we found ourselves in these really beautiful locations after I gave him this quote ultimatum, and we ended up being in Hawaii oh, uh, wow. on, on Maui. And oh. heading up to Haleakala, which is this beautiful, the beautiful volcano there and right. watching the sunrise there is this oh, how beautiful tradition. And I was thinking to myself, this is it. This, <laughs> this is going to be it. You know, no. like. Dad, but it wasn't. What so did he didn't do it. <laughs> so cliche. We literally saw a proposal at the top of that mountain yeah. too. With a drone. And uh, no, it wasn't mine. And then (laughs) like a month later, we were in Mexico, this beautiful little town called Zihuantaneo. We were on a sunset sailboat ride. Mm -hmm. Just the two of us. Yeah. This little, what do you call those? Catamaran. Catamaran. They've got a very good life. Uh, You're so bored. Grandma Gail. Grandma Gail. (laughs) This never happens. This was so, this is like, we got really fortunate. We were invited on these trips. Yeah. By family. By no means is this normal for us. Okay. (laughs) So you're on the sailboat and what happened on the sailboat? Well, surely I thought, okay, he's, he, sunset, sunrise was not his thing. Surely a sunset will be the, the moment. And it wasn't the case. No. And I, I confronted him after I said, what are you doing? This would have been the perfect time. Yeah. And he said, exactly. And like, that wouldn't have been a surprise. Yeah. So sure enough. So I ended up surprising him uh, when we went up to Canada. Paul is Canadian. And we were up in uh, Vancouver, Mm. went on a car ride with his aunt and uncle. Um, Little did he know that the three of us were in on a scheme to surprise him with a proposal. So we I should have guessed when Matthew claimed to be car sick on the way up, which Uh, he does not get. He's never been car sick in his life. He was queasy with nerves. (laughs) (laughs) We pull over over for a pit stop and Paul's like, there's a gondola here that goes up this mountain. It was this beautiful gondola that goes to the top. And we we all pretended to act surprised as well. Right. And I suggested we go up it. Little did I know this was all part of the big scheme. So we went up to the top of this beautiful mountain. Um, it was still snowing up there. It was oh, covered wow. in snow. And we were looking around. I got down on one knee and uh, held out the ring box. Mm-hmm. Paul has um, retinitis pigmentosa. So he has tunnel mm-hmm. vision, which means he can't see anything around. So 
He didn't uh, see me. I don't have peripheral vision. And he, of course he knew this. Either. So oh getting down on one knee. <laughs> Wait, so you didn't know he was proposing? No, I didn't see it. So I completely <laughs> missed it. And he was kneeling in the snow. Waiting Do you think he was pretending to not to see it? And you were like, oh, maybe like he actually doesn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like he's intentionally. No, no, I was just waiting. I yeah. was getting frostbite while I waited for him yeah. to notice me. I was so transfixed by this beautiful setting we were in. I was just staring at it out of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, my aunt and uncle are posed with their cameras right. on the scene you know, take ready to take photos and to capture the moment. So it was my aunt who finally called my attention. Like, Paul, she said, Paul where's Matthew? Where's Matthew? And I'm looking around. I was like, where right. the heck is Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> fell off the map? Oh, hopefully not. Yeah, it would yeah. fall off the mountain. Then I looked down and there he is. Oh. And I said to you, I said, what are you doing? <laughs> and he said, surprising you. Oh, and no. he and he did. And so, that's it. really wonderful. That's so cute. That's great. I love Vancouver. Oh, I, I must say that is one of the most beautiful places to it, mm-hmm. really. What is the place that I went to that you go walk across the um oh my gosh, I have to go look at my t-shirts. Anyway, it doesn't matter because then from Vancouver I went on a Disney cruise. So you oh, can okay. imagine well, the, you the highlight what? of my trip was Vancouver. Really? The Disney cruise oh, really? just <laughs> awful. I was going to say, I don't know what happened on the Disney, Disney. cruise. The Disney cruise. You want to hear my, for my 75th birthday, I have a little grandchild. And yeah. my other, I said, you know, where would you like to go? They want to go to Disney World, uh, to um, Alaska. I said, okay, let's go on a Disney cruise. So we went uh, all of them were sick the entire time. I was the only one and one child, one one older granddaughter. We, everybody else never left their cabins. They never saw Alaska. They, oh, no. they, they never went out of their room. I, we saw everything alone. Anyway, that was our fan. Wait, I, have a, I have a proposal question that might kind of be stupid, but I just don't know. So I'm like lucky that in a hetero relationship, like I know the guy will probably propose to me when mm. you're like in a relationship in your situation, like, how do you know who's going to be the one to propose? Because I feel like that's like well, a societal. Like we kind of like I it could be either way. Yeah, absolutely. Going either way. But it came down to I never had the fantasy of proposing or even being proposed mm-hmm. to it didn't. Um, but Matthew did. And he he really wanted that. I think he for, for probably your whole life, even before you came out to yourself, you imagined you were going to get down on your knee mm-hmm. and be the one to do that. And so that was like an important thing for Matthew. And so that's how we decided. Right. And I think yep. in a gay relationship, we've seen it where um, they've both done it at different times. Oh, that's know? nice. Yeah, that's um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good too. I like that. Yeah, I know. Like yeah. Rings going either, yeah you like, wear four yeah. rings. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> where you get like two surprises, you get like two big moments. You know, Very I should nice. have to you. Yeah, more rings. Is it too late? We've been married for two years. You can renew your vows or something. We have talked about that already. So we ended up having our wedding in the little uh, Mexican town that uh, Matthew didn't propose to me at called Zihuatanejo. We decided to have a destination wedding and six months after the proposal. So we didn't waste too much. That's that's a good time. That's enough. Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah, you've definitely. known each other. You've known each other a while. I mean, I never understand why people wait so long. Well, sometimes it, it takes very a while to get stressful. a venue and stuff like that. Well, I don't know. They get yeah. a different venue. It, it's too stressful <laughs> to drag those things yeah. on. I, I really, I, especially uh, you can't make a decision. So better not leave it up to you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I think Grandma Gail is going to be the one to organize. Grandma Gail's oh, making How do you feel decision. about that, Kim? She <laughs> will definitely take over, and I'm fine with that. Because okay. if I make the decision, she's just going to complain about every decision that I made. <laughs> so I might as well just like let her take over. <laughs> Thanks. Take it from us. It's so much better, Kim, if you just have mm-hmm. somebody else taking yeah. care of everything else. Like yeah. we didn't take care of any of it. We had. That's other, right. We actually did this little B&B, a beautiful little spot, gay owned in mm-hmm. nice. by uh, a, a couple that we just fell in love with them and their love story and how they created this B&B together. And they took over everything. They would just shoot us an email and they'd say, what do you think about this food? What do you think mm-hmm. about these flowers? What do you That's think about really this nice. setup? We were like, great. Like yeah. everything they showed us, we loved. So that, that was perfect. Good. Yeah, that worked out well. Uh, let's go back a, a bit to the beginning of your lives. And when did you first know that you were gay? I get both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have very different stories. Mm-hmm. And um, do you want to go first? About sure. Yours? Yeah. Okay. So I was in denial probably for most of my upbringing, um, mm-hmm. even into my even to the, about to the age of 20, I was still mm-hmm. like, no, no, I, I'll eventually meet the right girl. I just haven't met the right girl. Um, but so were you were these- dating women. No, I oh, wasn't even dating. dating I was- okay. Okay. <laughs> dating at all, but he was thinking about going yeah. on. He was, thinking- <laughs> he was, he was trying not it. to. I was like, <laughs> the right one hasn't come around yet, but I'll eventually, and then I'll date and then we'll mm-hmm. get married and then we'll have the kids and the white picket fence and all right. that. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I was in pretty severe denial. And then I grew up in a very religious conservative household and I was sent um, Catholic mm-hmm. and I was sent on a silent retreat. And it was on that retreat that I kind of had the time silence to um, really look into my soul. And we were encouraged to journal, to write about mm-hmm. whatever came up during that time. And we had a, a, a spiritual director that we'd meet with once a day. And basically that was my week to um, really address that I, I was gay and I was able to write about it and really process it. So that was very, very freeing for me. I left there just on cloud nine. That was still one of the best weeks of my life. And the irony is if your mother had known that I was would just, outcome, you would have never sent you I on that retreat. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of after that, that I began to process all of it. And at, at, at the age of 21, I, I, I left home, got kicked out of home, left home and, and because of, because uh, that you came out, his mother discovered the journal, the diary that he had that whole time. He hidden. Right. Uh, That just ended up being the beginning of the end. Okay. That's sad. What about the rest of your family? Did uh, did they have any inkling or did they also sort of sever ties or have you got a relationship with any of them? So my sister's super religious. I still have have a bit of a relationship with her, not with my brother. Uh, Don't not with my mom anymore. My dad, um, my mom and my dad divorced uh, many years ago. And I lost touch with him. So after I came out, left home, started my own life, I, I reached back out to him and we got back in contact. And when I told him that I was gay, he said, well, that's funny. A, a week ago, uh, my girlfriend and I were talking about you. And she said, do you think any of your kids are gay? And my dad said, well, I don't know. But if any of them is, it would be Matthew. Okay. 
So, so he he's knew. more accept- he's accepting. He, he, he's yeah. more he's than right. accepting. Yeah. Okay. They are best friends. They oh, so that's nice. So that's a good thing that came out okay. of it. Oh, yeah. We talked on the phone okay. this morning. He calls okay. me every day. Oh, oh, he, and if he can't get a hold of Matthew, he calls me. So he's okay. he's very close to both of us. He's okay, that's him. great. If your mom didn't find the journal, do you think you would have told her? And when do you think you would have? I don't know. I don't know if I don't know. I love this question because that I don't know if I could have or would have. I was maybe you would still be there. (laughs) I was I was homeschooled in a religious cult, extremely religious. Oh, really? It was really religious. Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, I think that helped. I I, it could have been a lot, a lot longer. So I am grateful that that happened in retrospect because it really just gave me the kick in the pants, literally. (laughs) to to get out and and begin my own life okay Mm -hmm. and paul yeah well my my story is uh a little different just because i was very aware of my sexuality from a very young age i would say around the age of eight i was really like openly expressing the crushes i had on boys my age and uh boys that i saw like in movies and but very quickly of course that those feelings which came from a very pure innocent honest place were met with um, an adverse reaction well society and even my parents who my mother you know expressed some concern about my feelings and you know I think out of my own desire for my own safety maybe she just didn't know how to handle it at that time I didn't grow up in as much of a religious environment as Matthew did but definitely at a time where that just wasn't totally accepted so I did learn to like conceal those feelings from that point on. So I was, I spent all of my teen years really wrestling with that and battling that and not feeling safe to come out because I was going to high school in a a very small rural Canadian town in in the Northern part of British Mm -hmm. Columbia, where everybody, all the boys hunt and fish. And it's just very uh, old fashioned and like it wasn't a place where you see other out gay people. It just didn't happen. So, um, and I was involved in the church at this time. Actually, my family did become more religious as my teen years went on, only making that sort of internal battle difficult. More, more difficult. But I uh, had a lucky break because my, my parents had divorced when I was younger. My dad had moved to California. And so while I was up in uh, high school in, in, in rural Canada, my dad was living in the San Francisco Bay Area, which, I mean, has a reputation right. for yeah. being a great place for uh, being accepting and gay. Right. And so I, when I, I marked the day on my calendar, I remember when I was just 16 years old, and I, I finally, I came out to myself in the fullest way where I said, I'm not suppressing this anymore. This is who I am. Good for you. And on my 18th birthday, I'm going to come out. I'm going to graduate from high school. I'm going to move to San Francisco and march in my first parade. (laughs) And I did all those things. All right. So that was great. I love that. That was great. That was really Do you think like in those rural towns and stuff, like things are progressing and people it's getting a little bit more open or it's still similar to how, when you were growing up? Well, I think it's definitely changed since I was growing up. I do think that like there are probably even a couple out gay kids in the high school that I went to. I I don't think it's easy for them. Yeah, no. See, we grew up in the city. You grew up in the city in New York City where, uh, first of all, if you're not gay, there's something wrong with you. So I mean, mean, it's a whole whole different environment. Uh, And and the small towns, even, you know, in the Midwest, in the South, it's very difficult uh, if you're, you know, not in a city if you're in a in a suburban area or a rural area it's not easy it's not easy did you go on dating and this is the thing that gets me crazy did you go on dating apps or 
uh, for gay a gentleman or uh, or did you get prefer being fixed up? I mean, I, I don't know if that was even a possibility where you were I, from. That's true. I was never offered to be fixed up. I love that. Oh, I mean, like, fixed up, that's so old fashioned. I oh, like I, it. I still like being fixed up. I would yeah. fix you up. Any, anyway, <laughs> now you can't because you're you're a couple. Forget it. Right. But I know an awful lot of guys that would like to be fixed up with both of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, if someone had offered, I definitely would have said yes. Wow. Uh, I was fixed up in, in college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It happened to me. I, yeah. There was some friends that played matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I mean, it was it. It wasn't super fruitful, but you know, it's just a, it's a stepping right. stone along the way. Right. To find right. Exactly. So it's often what I do and I don't like. Yeah. And um, yeah. So that I've, happened. But I because I don't know we, about the dating apps. I mean, yeah. those well, yeah, are they like, Otherwise, otherwise, how are you me- like? How are you meeting people if not on an app? Absolutely. Yeah. Grinder was my go-to for mm-hmm. all my dating years. It was just. Mm-hmm. Most popular, what what everyone used. Yeah. Well, I will say in the gay community, Grinder is a really important app mm-hmm. because, obviously, being gay, uh, it's it's different than being uh, heterosexual. We live in a heterosexual world where we can assume most of the people you see and you meet are, um, you know, straight. And so I think it just it's easier you can to find somebody in a in a social setting that you could potentially have go right. on a date with. And I think that gay people, since it's sort of somewhat invisible, it's like, we have to find each other. We have to search for each other. I mean, we'll be at the gym sometimes we'll be in a grocery store and we'll look and Matthew will say, Oh, look at that guy over there. Do you think he's gay? Like, it's like, we live in this invisible world of like, our, where we're all kind of hiding our identity, but mm. we have to sort of. Is that really? Do, well, what about clubs? I mean, aren't there clubs in Seattle that are, I, I mean, yeah, there Barson seems Club. to be, I mean, in New York, we have so many of them. Yeah, but like I go to the gay clubs and stuff. So it's like, you don't necessarily have to be gay <laughs> no, to go. Of course not. Yeah. I, I understand, but they're yeah. there. They're there no, no, to be, Bar- if you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Bars and clubs uh, yeah. work. Um, neither of us are really into that. I was never really into bars right, and okay. clubs. I, I, okay. Yeah. My main right. reason, my main reason, and why why the actual the apps are so were so helpful for me just mm-hmm. to meet people, was because I do have a degenerative eye disease um, that I was born with. I'm legally blind. I've lost ninety percent mm-hmm. of my vision, yeah. and going to out to a bar or a club, I could do it, but I cannot see a thing. Like, right. I, I, I do not know who I'm talking to. Right. I would not know what is going on, and just forget yeah. it. It's not my yeah. scenario. No. So. No. I, I would just add about apps that I do I have noticed that a lot of people that we know um, are using things like Tinder as well, mm-hmm. like uh, those kind of universal apps. Yeah. Right. I have a question about both, I guess, Grindr and Tinder or whatever app you're on. Like, how do you know if someone's there just to hook up versus date? Because I feel like especially those two apps have a, a reputation of kind of being like the hookup apps. Well, in the gay world, they'll just tell you. It's really straightforward. It'll say in their bio. If there's somebody who's looking okay. for something yeah. serious, they'll say they're looking for a, a real connection. That's what yeah. I was there doing. That's what right. all I wanted. I was not interested in a hookup. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for me. I was looking for an honest connection. And mm-hmm. I, I was clear about it. And as soon as I noticed or got the hint that somebody was only interested in a hookup, I just stopped talking to them. That's so crazy. Because if you imagine like if a straight guy had on their bio, like here for a hookup, <laughs> he would be he would be like the new West Elm Caleb. Like he would <laughs> he would be in the news. Like you yeah. can't say that. That's but- true. That's true. You're absolutely right. It doesn't work that way for heterosexuals. I don't think you can't be as forward as yeah, we are. Why? We can be very transparent that yeah. way. 
Yeah. Well, that's nice. I mean, cause you want, like, you want to be honest and know what you're getting yourself into versus going on 10 dates. And then the guy's like, so I don't really see this as a relationship. And you're like, <laughs> right. your parents, Tommy, like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And, uh, and grinder profile. Some of them would, would have like right now, which oh, just yeah. means not only right. do they want to hook up, but like now. That yeah. is crazy. What yeah. do you think, Grandma? I, I don't look at me. I don't. I don't. Really <laughs> don't look at me. I don't understand the whole dating thing, the mm-hmm. whole scene, and these uh, mm-hmm. these apps. So, does it matter with dating if someone's like a top, a bottom, or verse? And like, how do you figure that out without? Right. Do you ask? Yeah, Grinder lets you. Um, well, first of all, Grandma Gail, do you? Yeah, understand what is that? I don't even know what you're talking about. I lost, <laughs> you. I lost you halfway through. I'm being on top or on the bottom because that, that was a different thing that I used to understand. That. Well, that's that's what that means. Like, in, well, who in, asked that? Who asked? Well, you have you. Ha- you sh- I I assume that it's important to know because if it's two tops, like how would that work? Right, right, right. Uh, so, right, Kim, you're on. Uh, Kimberly, I don't think we should get too personal here. What, I'm no, just, no, no, I'm no. Grandma Gail, honestly, we talk about this stuff on our podcast. Oh, We're right. really open about it. Yeah. We want to destigmatize this a little bit because it is just, it's kind of, it's normal for the gay community. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, if you, if you identify as a top, that just means you're, you know, the pitcher. And then there's the catcher. Does this, right, does this okay. terminology make sense? I'm getting it. Yeah. yeah. I got it. Oh, okay. I got it. With yeah. the pitcher, so the grinder, guy, I got it. Grinder is really helpful. It would let you select your top um, or verse top, meaning mm-hmm. you go either way, but prefer top. You're completely verse, meaning either way, uh, verse bottom, bottom. Um, I, I found that most people had some that in their profile. It, it, it's oh, sad. Okay. Uh, some didn't. And then you could just ask, what are you into? What are you into? But you know, like for me, it's like, it's funny. Matthew and I had a little disagreement about this or we don't necessarily see eye to eye is like, to me, it's less important. I just want to know if I have a connection with the person right, and right. I figure those things sort themselves out pretty quickly anyway. I and you kind of that. figure out if you're a match and sometimes you'll surprise yourself. You'll, you will actually be, uh, maybe that person sexually Chain, yeah. uh, changes you a little mm-hmm. bit and then you discover a new thing about yourself. So I don't think you should close the door based on those labels. Good for That's you. good advice. What is it like working together in general? We've been working together basically since the day we met. We've yeah. been like creating, like we started a YouTube channel. Matthew's a, a wonderful, talented violinist. And so we started yeah. making music videos for his beautiful uh, um, songs very early on. So we've always been like working and collaborating together. And it's both a wonderful thing and oftentimes something that just drives us both insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a learning process to learn how to like live together and work together right. and make decisions together mm-hmm. and compromise a lot. We're uh, doing the same thing, except we we're are, not in a we're relationship. Not married and I didn't get a ring from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if you're going to propose, I like the one in Maui better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sunrise. The, the sunrise, sunrise in Ma- Maui yeah. was really my that's a thing. Good one. Yeah. And then are you guys planning on starting a family? I know you've been a bit open about becoming dads. We would both absolutely love that. Uh, and it's always been a dream of mine. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I wanted as many kids, I mean, mm-hmm. as I could have. I was like, I want six kids. Well, you can have six kids. The two of you can be a terrific family together in this day and age. I mean, that's the way to go. We have loads of friends that kids have had children from same sexes and all different alternatives of having them. And there's also adoption. I mean, there's lots of avenues now. So many children in need of loving families that and surrogacy is an option. Exactly. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we announced on our social media that we are beginning that journey. Oh, so okay. We're, we're, um, we're having a meeting next week uh, with some people that kind of um, are experts at it and kind of guide us through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, we both love the idea of adoption. There's so many kids in mm-hmm. need, especially a um, domestic adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, foster to adopt is also a great option uh, for kids that really need a good home. Um, surrogacy is also appealing um, to both of us. Mm-hmm. You'll see. Like one of, we'll see. You, do a little, you can do a little of each. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it's enough love for buffet. all of it. A buffet, but you know, <laughs> that's right. It is a buffet. Yeah. <laughs> What's really interesting about it is, you know, we uh, as young kids in school, we're taught very early what the birds and the bees are and how mommy and daddy have a baby. And we, but as same sex couples, nobody is teaching us how you go about starting a family. It is like here we are in our 30s. Uh, wanting to start a family and we are looking at each other and like where the hell do you begin like what are the next steps there are so many options Mm -hmm. so that's why we literally are hiring a like a consulting firm that helps same-sex couples figure out all the avenues because it's not as easy as going to the bedroom uh, yeah, because yeah. in a lot of states, you can't use a, sur- a surrogate. Oh, right. So it's complicated and you have to get the right information, guys. So yeah. I'm sure you'll look into it and get the right stuff. Yeah, we've started. We've started. Okay, good, good, <laughs> good. So then where, like, now, even now in your life and you're up until now, like, where have you gotten information? Like you said, there's no one really to go to. Like, so who did you go to Google. for help? <laughs> you know what that's sad if this this is where if this is where our state of sex education and we had we've had a lot of people on uh that have talked about this and it really is a sad case because young people today eight nine ten year olds who have an issue on identifying don't aren't really getting good information and no. it's I, I don't know what the answer is. We're not really teaching it properly in yeah. schools. Um, and, and like you say, they're, they're not you don't have the tools. We don't have the tools. You yeah, don't have really the tools. Do and I don't changes. know what the you know, I don't think it's going to get any better. I really don't for a few and years. I feel like some people like get in trouble when they're teaching it too early. Yeah, some yeah. people get in trouble teaching it too late. Like I think it should be earlier, but a lot of people were like, well, my kid wasn't right. even thinking about that. And right. now they are. And you bring up a really great point, Grandma Gail, because the reason we are sharing the experience from the each step of the way on social, on our social platforms, mm-hmm. is because we know that there are young people yeah. following us and watching us. And if, if the schools aren't going to provide that information, yeah. if we can't find it anywhere else, then we, along with many other people in the LGBT community that are representing in a beautiful way, can be that resource in a sense. I think it's terrific. Yeah, I love it's it. Terrific. That's like one of the goods of social media, you yeah. know, that's because there's really, a lot of bad that comes from it too. Yeah. No, yeah. that is really very mm-hmm. good. So I want to end the episode with a game we play with all of our guests, Grandma Gail's old fashioned dating quiz. So basically, (laughs) I don't think they're going to fall into any of these traps. There's not a trick. (laughs) (laughs) You'll trick some of the people, I'm telling you. Um, We'll go through some scenarios and we will deem based off your answers, whether you're more of a traditional dater or modern dater. Okay. Okay. That's good. So would you first and then Paul? That's yeah. Okay. Matt it. and then yeah, Paul. Exactly. Um, would you rather receive a call or a text from the person you're dating? A call. Okay. Do you, okay. I'm going to say a text and only because like I get, it's, I, it's, 
I'm nervous and I want to think up through my response. Yeah, I'm the same. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're procrastinators. No, it's more just like. <laughs> you Matthew calls it. Yes. Matthew calls it Paul Crastinator. He's a Paul Crastinator. <laughs> I, I could call that. it Kim Crastinator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, would you sleep with someone on the first date? Yes. Yes, and we did. <laughs> oh, really? All right. So it worked. Worked for It worked. It worked. Hey, well, my defense is we it was we we had lunch and we were like together for like twelve hours. Before. Okay, yeah. so it, it's really it's like three days. days right? Yeah, it was. Thank you. I don't yeah. need a defense. <laughs> <laughs> dating apps or setups? Uh, dating apps because that's the only thing I ever experienced mm-hmm. um, yeah but I like both I really do like both mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be one or the other I believe in like serendipity and I, I love the like the idea of meeting somebody randomly or, or being set up but I don't think that an app is unromantic I think that can be mm-hmm. serendipitous too yeah move in together before getting engaged or wait until you're engaged to move in well, we they moved probably in did it on months. the second date before. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, we were moved. We moved in after four months. Oh, that's good. And he proposed after three years. So oh, we did so break that together role. a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then who should pay for the date or should you split the bill? Ooh. Whoever asked. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever asked the person out. Mm-hmm. Matthew says, okay. whoever asked the person out. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that's, okay. and I think it's super, I love that. I love when Matthew paid and that was super <laughs> romantic. Yeah. <laughs> He still does. So that's, that's very good. So they're half and half. It's it was more modern. I think it was three out of five modern, yeah. but like pretty okay. split. Pretty split. They're pretty split. Guys, thank you so much you for joining terrific. us. We loved talking to you. Tell our listeners how they can follow you. Uh, we are Matthew and Paul on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And then you can find our podcast, His and His, on any podcast app. Yes. And thank you guys so much. You're yes. inspiring, you two guys. I wish you oh. were both well and have a family soon and enjoy your life together. It's beautiful. Well, you guys have a wonderful chemistry. This is really fun. And we are now listeners of Excuse My Grandma. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Good. I hope you guys liked the episode with Matthew and Paul of the His and His podcast. What cute husbands. I still am laughing about how he didn't see the proposal. <laughs> thanks for sticking around with us you know the drill you can follow us on tiktok and instagram at excuse my grandma and we will see you next week bye <laughs>